Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey y'all, it's Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of Right Nowish. This weekend I'll be co-hosting a Soapbox Derby. If you're not familiar, you're in for a treat. Because a gang of powerhouse artists will be showing off these wacky-ass homemade vehicular objects. Some are going to look like cans of Spam, uh, paleta carts, taco trucks, you name it. All of them will be zooming down a hill in McLaren Park in the Excelsior. So in honor of this Sunday's event, our friends at Bay Curious went and talked to some of the folks who attended and participated in the first San Francisco Museum of Modern Art Soapbox Derby in 1975. Bay Curious host, Olivia Allen Price, will take it from here. It's a sunny afternoon in the spring of 1975. Throngs of people are gathered on either side of a roadway that snakes through McLaren Park in San Francisco's Excelsior District. As they watch, a person riding what looks like a giant black Converse sneaker whooshes past them. Down the track they come with reckless abandon. Coming up close behind it, a cast iron bathtub painted a lemony yellow whizzes by on what could have been the frame of a lawnmower, maybe? Something is going blind blank in the middle of the car. Then another driver clings for dear life onto what looks like a torpedo, hurtling downhill barely inches off the ground. Look out, look out, his vertical hole just collapsed. This was the first Artist's Soapbox Derby, held by the San Francisco Museum of Art what we now know as SF MoMA. And if you were there, well, I'm quite jealous. It was a race for homemade cars. No engines. You just needed to be able to roll, steer, and stop. And even those three things you didn't have to do super well. We dug into this epic event from the 70s after we heard from KQED and Bay Curious fan Rich Whipfler in Menlo Park. Late last year, I read an article in one of my car magazines about the event, and it really piqued my interest. I hadn't heard about it, although I was in the area at the time uh, and missed out on this entirely. But I'm fascinated to know more. Well, Rich, I've got good news for you. SF MoMA is reviving its Soapbox Derby for the first time since 1978. And to celebrate, today on Bay Curious, we're transporting you back to that first derby when irreverent, writable, and sometimes edible art brought out a childlike joy. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. 
Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with Instant Pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. It's been an intense time to be alive these past few years. And I, like probably a lot of you, could use a little levity right now. Back in 1975, when the Museum of Art ran its first soapbox derby, the Vietnam War had just ended. San Franciscans were primed for a zany afternoon in the sun, dodging homemade vehicles as they barreled through McLaren Park. KQED's Mary Franklin Harvin is going to tell us how it all came together. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the flag is up on the first artist soapbox derby. It was playful. It was joyous. It wasn't about advertising. It was it was just the artists getting out of their studios, doing something fun, a little outrageous, which is very much in the style of San Francisco. Amanda Pope is a professor at the School of Cinematic Arts at the University of Southern California. But in 1975, she was living in San Francisco and just starting to dabble in documentary work. A friend of a friend with ties to the San Francisco Museum of Art tipped her off about the event. With a week's notice. So I borrowed a camera. And showed up at McLaren Park on race day to shoot what would become her first ever documentary. The incredible San Francisco Artist Soapbox Derby. It's up on SFMOMA's website right now. And you're going to be hearing tape from it throughout this story. The first derby was the brainchild of Bay Area artist Fletcher Benton. I said, why don't we have a soapbox derby? Why don't we get the artists to build cars that would reflect their art or reflect their feelings or their fun? And we'd all get together and uh, coast down the hill. Benton was able to get museum board members excited enough about the event that they pitched the idea to the director of the museum, Henry Hopkins. And just the idea of barging into Henry Hopkins' office and being like, we want to do a soapbox derby, and then him also just being like, sure, that's a great idea. Tomoko Kanamitsu is the director of public engagement at SFMOMA. She reminded me that the museum was much smaller back then and less prestigious. The artist community was able to imagine things and then just like propose them, and then the museum just kind of got behind it and did it. More than 90 artists signed up, including renowned folks like Ruth Asawa, Richard Shaw, and Carlos Villa. There were some cars that were more literal in form. A giant banana, a giant box of animal crackers, but some were more conceptual, even erotic. I mean, you're talking 70s. It was feminism, women's rights. Amanda Pope said one of the more unforgettable vehicles in that vein was a half-male, half-female car covered in vibrators that was made by an artist known as Meadow. The vehicle's driver, Sylvia Clark, talked in Pope's documentary about the all-male pit crew they had supporting them. Usually men racing have a pit crew and girl groupies, so we decided to have our own version of that. But one of the most iconic cars from that 1975 race comes from someone whose work hasn't been in any museums. Of course, Dorcas Moulton's bread car, that was a hit. I mean, because it was real bread. Now at the starting line is the fabulous bread car. 
an old-school convertible, kind of like a sportier version of the Beverly Hillbillies car. But the entire shell, even the hubcaps, are bred. Here's Dorcas Moulton, back in 1975. It was so nice being in Berkeley. No one questions the idea of making a bred car. I went in the co-op and I was buying three 75-pound bags of flour. And the guy says, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I'm going to make a car. And he said, oh, far out. How are you going to make the molds? <laughs> Dorcas Moulton of bread car fame lives in El Sobrante now. And I think it had sesame seeds on the bumpers, too. We sat in her garden, and she told me about Derby Day and the lead-up to it. She said she and some of her friends went to McLaren Park to check out the hill beforehand. They rode down the course in a friend's car with the brakes off to prepare her for how much speed her derby car might pick up. On race day, all Dorcas had for a break was a stick she dragged on the ground. But she stayed upright all the way to the finish line. By the time she got to the bottom of the hill, pieces of bread were flying off the car. I stood up on the seat and I grabbed a piece of the hood and threw it out. And then when I looked down again, it was all gone. (laughs) Spectators swarmed her, grabbing hunks of bread to snack on. The Associated Press got a hold of a photo of Dorcas in her car. And so it got kind of the novelty photo of the week treatment across the country. And, uh, and even my mother saw it in the Indianapolis paper. You didn't have to make a vehicle to participate in the Soapbox Derby. Some artists made trophies to honor the Derby cars in categories like Best Pun and Most Joyful. Dorcas won the prize for Most Endearing. She doesn't remember what her trophy looked like or where it ended up, so I hated to tell her that According to museum records, the world-famous sculptor, Ruth Asawa, made it. Oh, dear. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> A priceless Ruth Asawa that <laughs> slipped through my fingers. <laughs> I don't remember a thing about the trophy, and I wish I did, because I'm sure I saw it at some point. My name is Aiko Cuneo. And I'm a local artist. I was 25 when the Derby was run in 1975. And my mother, Ruth Asawa, made one of the trophies for one of the drivers. Aiko says when she was little, museums were serene places where she knew she was supposed to be quiet. But the Soapbox Derby brought the museum outside and made it accessible to everyone. And I thought it was so great that these artists could relive their childhood and be outrageous and uncensored and um, just have a lot of fun. The late Pat Tavner, a beloved Bay Area artist, said the race was a chance to cut through the formalness of the art world. I would call it a misnomer in our culture for art to be important. It has to be, quote, serious or for it to be collectible, to be in museums, to be able to be bought, the heaviness to it. I mean, it's the absolute antithesis to creativity. Tomoko Kanemitsu, back at SFMOMA, says the Soapbox Derby continues to be an institutional legend at the museum. The Soapbox Derby is something that so many people at the museum see as this event that was just so spectacular for so many reasons and really embodied what museums could be and can be in their community. She thinks reviving the Derby this year gives the museum an opportunity to recapture that potential. 
Even though Tomoko wasn't with the museum back then, when she considers its trajectory, she can see a shift in focus. In the 70s, the museum was smaller, less distinguished. But in the decades since, Tomoko says its leadership has been focused on building it into a world-class institution. And I think that that has, in many ways, created a separation with the local art community. So this is also a gesture back, back inside, I guess, and, and to San Francisco and the greater Bay Area. And it's going to be quite the reunion. Dorcas Moulton and Amanda Pope are signed up to be judges. Ceramicist Richard Shaw and some other 1975 Derby veterans will be back on the track. And our question asker, Rich, can't wait. It's already on our calendar. Oh, and I'll be there, obviously. It's been a long couple of years, and I think we could all use some zany joy right now. That was reporter Mary Franklin Harvin. KQED's very own Pendarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast, is going to be on mic as an announcer at that event. We asked him what people can expect. Yeah, on April 10th, I am co-hosting the SF MoMA Soapbox Derby along with Kamasi Aaron. We'll be hanging at McLaren Park in the city from sunup to sundown pretty much. Just enjoying people take these creations that are on four wheels, maybe three wheels, sometimes more wheels, going downhill. And we're just looking forward to seeing art fly. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Sebastian Mignobuccelli, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Have a great week. Big thank you to the Bay Curious team, man. I hope to see all of you Right Nowish listeners at McLaren Park on Sunday. Next week, there won't be a new Right Nowish episode, but we'll be right back the following week. Until then, feel free to hit me up on social media. Tell me what you're up to, what you're eating, what's going on in your world. Be sure to use the hashtag Right Nowish. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.